Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Well, I want you to imagine with me today, if Jesus showed up in the room, we believe he's here, but imagine the physical Son of God walked through the doors today. That would be, that'd be a service, wouldn't it? Um, those that had to watch at home today would be sad they missed out. But imagine Jesus showed up in the room today, and imagine he could reveal anything to you. What is it that you would want him to say? What is it that you would want him to show you, to teach you, to share with you? I'm not sure where your mind goes, but immediately when I think about that question for me, I think about things I want to know, wisdom that I need in my life right now, circumstances that maybe I I don't understand, Uh, all kinds of answers to mysteries in this world that we're living with. I would have a list after I picked myself up off the floor, of course. I would have a list of things. Jesus here, some things, questions I have for you. How about you? Well, as you think about that question today, I want to I wanna challenge us to think a little bit differently. I want you to think about not what you would say to the Lord, but what would the Lord want to say to you if he walked in the room today? And we believe the power and the presence of the living God is here. But if, if Jesus were standing right here in front of us, what is it that he would want to say to you today? And that question is actually, it's not hypothetical, because through the Apostle John, for the Apostle John, the answer was really simple but really powerful. And we find the answer to that question in one of the most written about and talked about books in history, the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation. Today, we begin a series entitled The Seven Churches of Revelation. We just ended a beautiful nine-week journey through the book of Philippians and now... For these next seven weeks throughout the summer, we're going to be camped out in the book of Revelation. Uh, And we're going to be talking about specifically, today we're going to dive into chapter 1, but for the bulk of this series, we're going to be in chapters 2 and 3. There's seven letters to seven churches, and we believe the Lord has something powerful to say to us. Not just what we want to say to him, right? But what he wants to say to us. So, what do we know about the book of Revelation? Maybe you come in here today and you know a lot about Revelation. Maybe you know very little But Revelation is a vision. That's what the book is. It's a vision given by God to the Apostle John. Uh, The the Apostle John, who was an eyewitness of the account of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, at the end of his life, he's in exile on the Isle of Patmos. If that sounds like a fancy tropical vacation to you, it's not. It's not an all-inclusive resort. In fact, this was a death sentence to him. This was a punishment uh, because they didn't want him preaching the gospel in the Roman Empire anymore. They send him away in exile to this island to die. But, But can you imagine here, it's a death sentence, but the Lord had sent him away to die, but now... 
God uses this time to reveal to John something powerful, something world-changing, and he writes them down here in the book of Revelation. So what is John about? What are the instructions? On the screen behind me, you'll see verse 19 of chapter 1. We'll get to it in a minute. But this is John's instructions from the Lord. It says this, Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. This is what the Lord speaks to John. This is what John's role, his job is. This is why we have the book of Revelation today. Look at this in three parts. First of all, what you have seen. What you have seen. Well, remember, John has seen firsthand Jesus. We just sang about him, right? John witnessed Jesus. He was an eyewitness of the miracles and the teachings and, and the crucifixion. And the, he knows the resurrected Jesus. He's experienced him in his life. And, and now, most specifically, he's to write about what he's seen. But not just through the life of Jesus, but here in Revelation 1, we're going to read in a minute, this revelation of Jesus. Jesus appearing to him. And, and so John's instructions are right, right now what you've seen. But not just what you've seen, right? What is now, that's the messages being sent to the seven churches that we're going to study throughout this series. These were written in the year uh, about 90 AD to seven specific churches, real churches in the Asia Minor region. So, so John's instructions, write what you have seen, write what is now, these letters that you're about to write, and write what will take place later. That's represented in the rest of the book of Revelation, a prophecy. A prophecy of the future and a prophecy that speaks into our time today. So, John is to write down the experience, the experience of seeing Jesus, uh, his message to the seven churches, and in turn, the message, the prophecy that speaks even to us today, along with everything else that is to come. So, what is it that God wants to say? What is it that God wants to speak through John to the seven churches, and it's really found in the book of Revelation 1. So if you have your copy of Scripture, we're really going to hang on through the whole chapter today. It's a lot of text, but if you uh, would dive in with me today, if you have your Version Bible app, uh, this is a great week to dive in uh, and go a little bit deeper, following uh, notes that follow up from the session today. But look with me, it's just the first five words of Revelation. If you were to summarize, what is it that the Lord wants John to say? What is it that John's ultimately trying to communicate here? We really find it in the first five words of this book. Look at it with me. Revelation 1. It says, the revelation from Jesus Christ. Let's stop there. We're going to get to the rest of chapter 1. But think about how this letter begins. The revelation from Jesus Christ. Some translations, depending on what translation you're reading today, some say the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Greek word for revelation is the revealing and unveiling. So as we journey through this book and we come back to revelation, it's an unveiling, a revealing uh, that we're reading, that we're studying. This revelation, though, it belongs to Christ. This is the revelation from Jesus Christ. Uh, Christ is the one doing the revealing. It's his testimony, but it's also the revelation in the sense that Jesus is the one being revealed. So it's not just that he's the one doing the revealing. Jesus is also the one being revealed. The purpose of the book of Revelation is to reveal Jesus. Do you understand why <laughs> this morning we spent some time singing about, worshiping, praying, talking about Jesus? Because that's what the book of Revelation is all about. Revelation is a book of Christ. It shows Jesus in his glory. 
in his role as judge, in his victory as he establishes his kingdom on earth. It represents the culmination, the culmination of the Bible's grand story, and Jesus is the focus. This is the revelation from Jesus Christ. That's why John begins that way. That's what the book's about, the revelation from Jesus Let's continue. Uh, the revelation from Jesus Christ, comma, which God gave him to show his servants that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. I'm in verse 2. Who testifies to everything he saw. That is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written. Because the time is near. And listen, we, we can receive those words, right? Blessed are those who hear these words and take them to heart. Verse 4. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you. From him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ. Who is the faithful witness. The firstborn from the dead. The ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7, look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him and those uh, who pierced him and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was. And who is to come, the Almighty. Look, in these first eight verses, uh, there, there's two things here I want you to know. First, these words are being written to the seven churches. We clearly see that that's the audience. In the weeks to come, we're going to read uh, section by section each letter to a specific church. Just like we spent nine weeks uh, reading through uh, Philippians, a letter to a specific church. Now we have seven small letters within this book of Revelation, of prophecy. But just as these are real messages that existed in the late first century, uh, these words are relevant to us today. I wrote this down. Any wise church in the year 2023 should measure itself against the messages of the seven churches and Revelation. And so I, I just asked myself in my notes, are we ready as a church? Are we ready to measure ourselves against these words, these letters? Yes, written to churches thousands of years ago, but, but still relevant for us today. That's the first thing I want you to see. But second, I just want you to see, if you didn't catch it, this letter, this revelation is about Jesus. And look at the description. We've just gotten a few verses into Revelation. Look at the description of Jesus. If you have your copy of Scripture, highlight some of these. In verse 4, how does it describe Jesus? Him who was and who is and who is to come. This is a description of Jesus. Verse 5 is chock full. What does it say? He's the faithful witness. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the ruler, the kings of the earth. He loved us and freed us from our sins by his blood. These are descriptions of Jesus. Skip down to verse 6. Jesus, he made us to be a kingdom of priests that serve his God and Father. Verse 8, I am the Alpha, I am the Omega. That stands for first and last, right? Who was, who is, who is to come. Verse 8 again. The Almighty. There's about a dozen descriptions in these first eight verses of Jesus. 
It's Jesus. I want you to see this is, this is the revelation from Jesus Christ. And if there's one message to communicate to these churches and the church today, listen, it's all about Jesus. Maybe you're like, man, I showed up for this. It's all about Jesus. Hey, it's all about, there's a lot in Revelation that we're going to read, a lot that we're not going to get to. There's a lot of questions that we go, what's this really all about? Hey, just know it's ultimately about Jesus. That's, that's the revelation that John is sharing. Now we get to the rest into our focus for today. Verse 9, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, I was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw the seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Now listen as John describes Jesus. <laughs> That's who he's describing right now. The presence, the manifestation of Jesus. Someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. Coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Is there any other response that we could have to the physical manifestation of Jesus in our presence? He fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Your eyes are blazing. You got a, a double-edged sword coming out of here. Do not be afraid, Jesus says. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, but now look. I'm alive forever and ever. <laughs> and now I hold the keys of death and Hades. And then we get to verse 19. Right, therefore, John, what you have seen. What is now and what will take place later, the mystery of the seven stars that you saw on my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. This is the word of the Lord to us. And we begin next week in chapter 2, verse 1, receiving these seven letters represented, right, by these seven stars and seven lampstands. So again, we see Jesus, not just descriptors, but a vivid portrait, dressed in a robe, a golden sash, eyes blazing, a voice like the sound of rushing waters. What is John's response? I fell at his feet as though dead. I can't really blame John. I think that's how I would respond too. This is all about Jesus. In chapter one, this, the foundation of this book is all about Jesus, the revelation from Jesus. So as we begin uh, the journey in the weeks ahead, I want to address some misconceptions 
that we come to a study like this. Uh, for some of you, Revelation, and I've had a few of you over the year have asked me, when are, are we ever going to study Revelation? You're excited about it, you know? Some of you found out we're going to study Revelation, you're like shrinking down in your seat a little bit, like this could get weird. Because there's some things in Revelation, maybe some things that are confusing, maybe some things that over time in history people have tried to interpret and, and apply them and say, this means that Jesus is coming in 14 days. And be, you know, all of the misconceptions that happen when we take a book like this and try to apply it to our lives. So some this is thought-provoking and exciting. Some this, this might produce some anxiety and confusion as you read a, a book that, that's prophetic, challenging. And for others, maybe we get our focus on a lot of things and miss what's most important. So with that said, uh, in the remaining time I have, I want to I talk about three, three reasons that on this journey ahead, three things that, that I, I want us to learn, three things that I'm already learning and I plan to learn, and, and I want to invite you into this journey. Maybe you're here today and like, why, why this? Why are we studying this in the middle of summer? We didn't have anything else to do. And so we thought, hey, Revelation, that'd be fun. No, I believe there's a specific purpose for us as a church in this. And so I want to share, uh, share that with you now. First, I want you to know this. I want you to know that these words, the words of Revelation, are relevant today. We are not just reading a historical account. We are not just reading uh, a diary, a description of a man that was uh, stuck on a desert island and the Lord showed up. And wow, isn't this cool what, what God said to John? We, we believe, I, I try to say this often, that the word of God is alive and active. And what we mean by that is the word of God was spoken uh, in a specific time, in a specific historical context, and we should always go back to try to understand what it means within that context. But we also believe because the word of God is alive and active, it continues to speak. Not just that it spoke when the words were written, 2,000 years ago, but these words have continued to speak generation after generation after generation, and by faith we believe these words are continuing to speak to us today. So we're not just innocent bystanders watching John share with some churches that, that we can't relate to. We believe that the entire book of Revelation, this vision given to John, is also meant for us. The thought-provoking images presented here throughout the book. And here's my tendency. So maybe you don't feel this way, but some of you do. My tendency is anytime something in my life is too challenging or too thought-provoking, I tend to want to avoid it. Can I get an amen from anybody? Some of you can volunteer for your spouse there because they don't want to volunteer themselves, right? I do that. I avoid conflict. I avoid hard things. And so I'm going to be honest. The thought of studying Revelation makes me a little bit sweaty because I'm like, ooh, this, some of this is hard. There's judgment in here. I don't like that. There's hard truths being spoken here. That makes me uncomfortable. i got to preach on that. But I desire to be, I desire to be the kind of servant, the kind of man, the kind of pastor. I desire us to be the kind of church that we don't run from hard truths, but we seek them. We come to the Lord humbly and say, Lord, what would you have us to learn? So the temptation may be, to think that these words only applied to a church 2,000 years ago, but don't buy into that lie. These words are for us. I believe these words are for us today. And that brings me to point number two, because I don't just believe the words are relevant today. I believe these words are for you and for me. It would be okay. You can turn to your neighbor and say, this is for you. 
This is for you. Some of you really wanted to say that. Turn to your neighbor. Say, this is for you. Come on, turn to your neighbor. Say, this is for you. Some of you thought I was joking. Say it. It's okay. It's for you. It's for me. Right? One of the biggest dangers, nobody else ever does this, right? Nobody else ever reads scripture and say, man, I really wish they would read this verse because my neighbor over there, if she would just read this. Maybe you're leaving some scriptures out for family or spouse. Like maybe this will get a hold of, right? We don't ever do that, right? We don't ever read God's word and hope that somebody else catches it on the other side of the room, on the other side of the world. We don't ever do that, right? <laughs> well, well, let's journey into the book of Revelation and let's, let's dare to say, Lord, speak to me. <laughs> if you don't speak to anybody else, Lord, speak to me. That's my prayer as I journey through this. Hey, I hope, I believe, all of us, all of us are going to receive some truth but if nobody else does, Lord, I believe you got something to say to me in these words. In the coming weeks, listen, we'll be hearing some timely wisdom from the book of Revelation. Wisdom and warning such as this. Find your first love. Be faithful no matter what. Stand your ground against sin. Wake up before it's too late. Don't let anyone steal your crown. Be earnest and repent. Over the weeks ahead, I, I want to invite you to have courage along with me to let God's word speak to you. And you and you and you, right? Let, let God's word speak to you. Try, try to put on pause what you want God's word to say to everybody else in your life and everything else in this world that is so screwed up. And I just wish they would pause all of that. That's true. That's good. But pause long enough along this journey and say, okay, God, speak to me. Humble yourself enough to say, Lord, I believe over these next seven weeks you want to speak to me. I believe there's things in my life I don't even know yet you want to reveal to me. I believe there's, there's ways, maybe not willingly, that, that I've, I'm disobeying, but, but ways that I'm falling short, God, and I'm, I'm willing to humble myself enough. I'm willing to look in the mirror long enough to let you search me, teach me, show me. Believe over this journey that these words, the revelation from Jesus Christ, are for you. They're for me. Finally, it won't surprise you that one of the things I want us to know in the midst of this is Jesus. Specifically, uh, over, over this journey, I want you to understand, I want you to see that Jesus is your past, your present, your future. This is really the book of Revelation. And for some of you, I think this can bring you a lot of joy because maybe, again, man, this is a hard book and a confusing book. And there's a lot of things you don't understand. But at the core, this book is Jesus, your past, Jesus, your present, and Jesus, your future. And so maybe that can bring you a lot of peace today. I hope it does. A lot of time and energy has been spent using Revelation to predict the future of what is to come. While it's true, Revelation is prophecy, an indication of what to come. My fear, this is my fear, as believers, we spend way too much time, way too much time trying to use Revelation to wonder and worry and guess about the future instead of applying the truth to our lives right now. So if you're hoping that this series is a deep dive into the end times, you will likely be disappointed I'm not saying the end times don't matter. I'm not saying believers shouldn't study and, and understand and be aware. Absolutely we should. 
Are we living in the end times? Listen, we can be sure that we are closer now to the return of Christ than we've ever been. Can I get an amen on that? It's true. We are closer today than we've ever been before in human history. I believe that. And I wanna, I'm, I'm living my life preparing for that. So be clear of that, church. But my heart for you and for us is to focus way more on the coming weeks, on the presence, the power, the centrality of Jesus today, right now, and in the days to come. Yes, these proclamations uh, to the churches are important and will make up uh, the bulk of our study, but we would make a mistake if we don't see Jesus right here in the opening pages of Revelation, right here as we journey throughout. It's about Jesus. So listen, this is what I want you to hear today. Since the beginning of your journey, since the beginning of your time, since long before... (laughs) You were even a thought that entered into this world. Jesus was there. I want you to know today, and today, some of you are facing circumstances and uncertainties and hard things. You're coming and saying, we got to show up and hear hard words. I get enough hard words all week. I deal with enough hard things. Last thing I want to do is show up at church and deal with hard stuff again. Your life is hard, some of you. Some of you have dealt with more pain in your past or pain in your circumstances today than I will ever know. And to you, I want to say Jesus is right here in your present. He's right there. If you'll allow him, if you'll welcome him in, if you'll invite him in, if you don't push him away, he is right here, present with you, walking with you. You're not alone in whatever you're facing right now. And to you, I want to say that just as Jesus has been long before, long before we ever showed up, and no matter what your past is, just as Jesus is right here standing with you today, some of us get a little apprehensive about the future, don't we? I don't know that anybody in the room knows what to expect tomorrow and in the future, do we? We're living in a world that feels more and more uncertain. And when we read uh, Revelation and you read throughout the entirety and you read prophecy and it's easy to kind of go there in your mind like, oh, I feel anxious about this. And so maybe as you think about the future, you feel a little overwhelmed. You feel more and more uncertain in your world. And if you feel that way, I don't blame you because I'm right there with you. But to you today, I want to say, just as Jesus has always been there throughout every generation of human history, throughout every moment and every breath of your life, just as he stands with you today, there will never be a moment that you walk. There will never be a day that you live. There will never be a circumstance in this world that happens where you have to be outside of the presence of Jesus. Now, Maybe you knew that when you came in here today, but just would you just pause for a moment and just exhale with me and receive that? Maybe you know that in your brain, but in your life, you're living as if tomorrow is so uncertain and you're going to have to figure it out and you're going to have to scrap and claw and you're living as if tomorrow is a battle that you're going to have to fight and figure out on your own. But the promise of revelation and the promise of God's word is Jesus is your past. Jesus is right here in your present. And listen, there is nothing you will face tomorrow in all of your tomorrows where Jesus is not right there with you. And I hope that you can just exhale and receive that today. And it can bring you incredible peace. The band's going to come. They're going to help us close in a minute. But before they do, there's a specific picture I want to end with this morning. 
a picture that really helps me, and I think a picture that can help you today, no matter what you're facing. You see, uh, it's true that Revelation is a book of prophecy. It's true. But it's more than that. Did you know that Revelation is actually evangelistic? Now, that's a big churchy word, but I, I want to I tell you what that means. In several weeks, as we come towards the end of our series, we're going to focus on the last letter in Revelation. The last letter, a letter written to the church in Laodicea. And I'm not going to talk a lot in depth about that church today, except I want to share with you these words. At the culmination of these seven letters written to seven churches that are speaking about the centrality of Jesus, that Jesus was and Jesus is and Jesus is to come. In Revelation 3, verse 20, listen to this, the revelation from Jesus. Revelation 3.20 says this, here I am. This is the words of Jesus. I stand at the door and knock. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I'll eat with that person and they with me. In the midst of some hard words, in the midst of some challenges that we're going to experience on the days ahead, you know where we're going, you know where it's going to end up. It's going to end up with a picture of Jesus knocking at the door of your heart and my heart. Not kicking the door down, not with the, you know, kicking you into shade. Come on, let's get, no, no, no. An, an invitation of the Father who desperately longs to come in and eat with you, to fellowship with you, to embrace you to hold you, to listen to your cry, to listen to your heart, to, to speak words of love over you. Revelation is not the words of a God who's distant, who's far off. It's uh, not the words of a God who's looking to crush you. It's the words of a loving father longing to be in relationship with you. And that's the picture that we see in Revelation chapter 3. Maybe you say, well, that's a cute story, but consider this. If you don't believe me yet, fast forward to the very end of this book, and we won't really hang out there. But at the very end of Revelation, in Revelation 22, as this entire revelation, the entire prophecy, the entire book, all the letters and beyond comes to a close, John writes these words in Revelation 22, verse 17. The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life come. It's true, the last word in Revelation is the word amen, but the last picture we get in the book of Revelation is a loving Savior inviting you, come. If you're hungry, come. If you're thirsty and you're parched, come. If you're hurting and you're broken, come on. If you're afraid, you're afraid of tomorrow and the uncertainty, and you, you were living in a crazy world where it just feels like it's hard to figure out sometimes, come on. Jesus is your past, and he's your present, and he's your future. In the picture we get at the close of this book, Yes, it's a book of judgment, 
Yes, it's a book of challenge, but it's a picture of a loving, resurrected King of Kings, Lord of Lords inviting you. Come. So church family, today, today, hear the words of your Savior in the midst of hurt or pain or uncertainty or confusion in your life, in the midst of joy, in the midst of hopelessness, whatever circumstances you find yourself in today, hear the words at the end of Revelation of your Savior, Jesus, inviting you to come. I'm going to invite you to stand now, and I want to pray for you today as you stand to your feet. Here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, to bring whatever you have today. I'm not asking you to bring what you don't have, but I'm just asking you to bring whatever you have today to the feet of Jesus. In fact, some of us around the room, we may just want to take a posture of holding something in our hands in front of us, and maybe that would just kind of represent my stuff, my junk, my circumstances, my joys, and my sorrow. Whatever I've got, that, that's what that represents. For some of you, it may be really good. For some of you, not so much. For some of you, it may feel really heavy. For others, not so much. But the invitation is the same for all. And so maybe with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, some of us would just want to take that posture of here it is. Here's what I've got. <laughs> Today. Would you receive the revelation of Jesus that in your life there's never been a moment where he's not been there? Maybe you haven't always acknowledged it. Maybe you haven't always received it. Maybe you've pushed him away, but Jesus has been there. He's been your past. And right now, with whatever you're holding right there in your hands, Jesus is right here with you. He longs to be right here with you if you just welcome him, invite him in. And whatever you're holding today, as you walk into the future, no matter how uncertain it feels, no matter what questions, however long your list of questions would be, whatever you hold right there in your hand, Jesus is going to be with you. And his invitation today is simple. Come. Come on, I'm knocking at the door. Come on, whatever you're holding today, come on, come with me. Walk with me, abide with me, journey with me. Let me be close to you, don't push me away. Let me help you. Let me share wisdom with you. Humble yourself enough to acknowledge that you need me, that you desire me to walk with you. You don't have to be alone, I'm right here. The invitation, no matter what you're holding, from Jesus today is come. Today, how will you respond? Church, um, let's pray. God, thank you right now that you're with us and thank you for a divine invitation that you loved us enough to not leave us alone, to not let us walk in our sin or in our brokenness or our confusion or our pride, whatever it is. Today, you want to walk with us and, and your loving invitation today is that we would just come to you. And so we lay our stuff before you now. Whatever it is we hold in our hand, we lay it at your feet. And we trust you. You're a good father. And we trust you, but we also, we need you, Lord. We need you now. We need you in the days. Oh, Jesus, don't let us take a step into our future without your presence right there with us. We need you today. 
And so as we pray and as we worship now, we receive your help. We receive your spirit. We open the door wide as you knock today and say, oh, come on, Jesus. Come on. You're, you, you invite us to come, and we, we desire the same, that you would come and be, walk with us, minister to us, be close to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.